This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Lisa S. Johnson is a Canadian photographer who takes pictures of the greatest guitars of all time. Hear the story behind guitars used by Jimi Hendrix, Brian May, Metallica, and so much more. It's time for the greatest game showy trivia showdown yet. I'm Shane. Brennan and I battle it out with Fred, who's a shift head who wanted to see some tickets, wanted to win some tickets to see Motley Crue. It's a rock and roll trivia showdown that you can only get here on the Shift, plus your calls and texts for the greatest rock anthem of all time. This is the Shift Podcast. And we need to um, welcome in our Shift roadie for this little segment. His name is Fred. Hi, Fred. Hey, you know what? You're making a dream come true for me. I always want to be a rock and roll roadie. There you go. Now you're going to do it. You're going to be the roadie, the shift roadie here with this rock and roll version of Game Showy. And Fred, so let me go over what's going to happen here before we get started, because once Game Showy starts to unfold, it gets a little wild. So uh, you are going to need to think about this, okay? You're going to think about a couple of things. Number one, who is going to win? You're going to have to pick a favorite. Is it going to be me, Shane, or Brennan Kelly, who wins game show? You don't have to answer that yet. Remember, it doesn't have to be your favorite. It can be who you think is going to win, which could be two very different people, depending on how this unfolds. Also, Fred, there could be questions that we need your help with. We might ask you for that along the way. Make sense? Oh, boy. <laughs> I know. Pressure's I'm on. Ready. It's rock and roll time, quick- Fred, so let's get started. What's that? got a story about motley crew in edmonton back in 1982 well i'm going to ask you to put pause on that because i'm okay. happy to hear the story but i'm going to get you to tell the story when we're done because everyone can look forward to it and uh we will get to that in a second first though it is time for us the moment you've been waiting for and game showing that's right it's time for rocket Showy. It's a trivia show that we couldn't come up with a name for, so we called it Game Showy. Tonight's theme is rock and roll. Here's your host, Bob. Oh, Bobby, do we got a show for you tonight. It is rock and roll Game Showy. Oh, I'm so excited. The rules, gentlemen, are incredibly simple for this game of trivia. You are going to pick a category and a difficulty for your question. One guitar being easy, three guitars being the hardest. If you get the answer correct, you will hear this rock and roll sound. Wow. If you get it wrong, however, you will hear this. Yikes. Now, I will say, if your opponent... And this is important, Fred. If your opponent gets the answer incorrect, you got five seconds to steal the answer and the points if you get it right. Okay. Now, right. our roadie, Fred, will also have a chance to be influential in this. Not only could he be a helper to our contestants, there is a special question hidden within Game Showy special for Fred. Fred, I will ask you that question at some point. We're going to get to that later. But first, here are the categories of our trivia. First up, Motley Crue. Second category, Def Leppard. 
And the third is Poison slash Joan Jett. Are we ready? Are you ready for some rock and roll? I guess. I, I think I'm going to be going to Fred a lot. That's fine. That's why he's <laughs> here. All right. Well, let's get the uh, let's get the official theme song so we can get this going. We welcome Fred, the official shift rowie for game showing with our categories about rock and roll. Bob? All right. So usually I pick whoever, you know, goes first by whoever won last. But Fred, I'm going to ask you, who gets to go first? Is it Shane or is it Brendan? This is where you pick your favorite, Fred. Who's going to win this? Uh, I think Shane's going to win this, actually. All right. Okay, all right. Now the Shane, pressure's off. Okay. So if that's, I win, this Fred it. gets tickets to see Motley Crue in Edmonton. So this is the way this works. So <laughs> that's big. All right, he's got his. He's got his. Uh, he's so got his remember script. that, okay. Fred. By the way, is that if uh, if Brendan asks for help in this, Shane needs to win. So do you give him the answers? Do you trick him? You might have to play a little uh, Jedi mind warfare. <sighs> oh boy, do all I right. trick him or do all I right. be a nice guy here? He's like know, a nice exactly. guy. You're a nice guy. That's right? You do something. I got to be nice here, I think. It's rock and roll. Right. Rock and roll. Rock and roll, nice. baby. All right. Let's get uh, started. Shane, you are up first. The categories, once again, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison slash Joan Jett. We're playing for guitars. One guitar being easy, three being difficult. Shane, how are we starting? Well, it's Motley Crue that's uh, in the movie. So I think that if I'm going to do this, I got to do it right to support you know, this concert and retaliators. So I'm going with two tickets and Motley Crue. All right, let's do it. What member of Motley Crue died in 1987? Was it Tommy, Vince, Mick, or Nikki? Died. Mm-hmm. Oh, Fred, this is not starting well. <laughs> Come on now. Okay, um, Tommy, Vince, Mick, or Nikki, um, I, I'm guessing that someone came back. So of all the people, uh -huh. I would have to go with Tommy. Tommy's would be oh. my guess. Tommy's the guess. Uh -oh. That <laughs> is, as you heard from Fred's voice, that is incorrect. <sighs> Brandon Kelly, you've got five seconds to steal. I know this. It was Nikki. It was Nikki Six. <laughs> yes. Let me hear that. On December 23rd, 1987, Nikki Six overdosed on heroin. He was dead for two minutes, but a paramedic saved his life with two syringes full of adrenaline. Unbelievable story wow. and uh, an unbelievable guitar, uh, musician. Good stuff. Excuse me, right. good stuff. Brandon Kelly in the lead with two guitars. Yeah. And you get to pick the next know. question, too. Yeah, good. Uh -oh. Could you imagine me on two syringes of adrenaline? Sounds like <laughs> normal. Yeah. I'd be talking normal speed. Uh, let's go with uh, Def Leppard for two tickets. For two tickets. All right. For two, sorry, for uh, two guitars, rather. Uh, which Def Leppard album? made the Rolling Stone magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. The options are High and Dry, Hysteria, On Through the Night, and Pyromania. Which one of those is on uh, that list? Uh, hey, hey, Fred. That's, that's a tricky one. Yeah, what is it, Fred? I would have to go 
<laughs> I'm hysterical right now. Ah, so you're going with hysteria, eh? But hysteria. it could be pyromania. That's oh, I'm yeah. going hysteria because that's sold multiple yeah. millions of albums. So. Now that was my initial thought. So okay, I, I don't know if well, you're trying to trick me up here though, because I know the strategy. But uh, I will go with hysteria. Locking in hysteria. That is. Oh, that's correct. Yes. Let me hear it shred. Yes, that album has sold so many. That is their best-selling album, and uh, there are seven hit singles on that album. Seven. I think owned the uh, 80s rock and roll, man. Uh, All right, so Brendan's in the lead. He's got four guitars. He has now got enough to start a band, uh, a heavy metal band at least. Shane, though, you can always come back. There's plenty of time. A reminder, our categories, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and Poison slash Joan Jett. Where are we going next? Well, because Fred is uh, trusting me and he loves the crew, I'm going to go three tickets, Motley Crew, uh, hopefully with Fred's help. Okay. All right. This is, uh, this is a bit of a tough one, but I think you can do it, okay? For three guitars, you can win three points big okay. here. All you need to do is tell me the name of the Motley Crew song that you're about to hear, but you're only going to hear one second of it, Okay. Tell me what song this is. I'm sure you can do it. Brendan, if you're ready, let's hear the song. Oh, boy. Can we hear it one more time? Just can I can I get a replay? Yeah, one, one more time. time. Okay, Fred. Is that home sweet home? Hmm. You can, can hear it as many times sets. as you want. Okay, Fred, help me out, buddy. I'm having a problem with that one. Are you? Yeah. I think I know what it is. You going to trust me on this one? Uh, Yeah. I will trust you. (laughs) That was with a question mark. Fred just said, yeah, with a question mark. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with uh, uh, Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home. That is... Can we hear it again? Yeah, one more time. You're on your way. You're on your way to potentially winning game show. That is three tickets. That is correct. I love it. Very good. There you go. You're back in the game. Sweet. Rock ballads of all time, man. Good stuff. Okay. You're back in the game. We're in it. All right. Uh, Brendan Kelly, you're up next. You're ahead by one guitar. Where are we going here? Uh well we haven't done poison and Joan Jet so we let's have not. do uh, poison and Joan Jet there for uh, two little uh, uh things two that guitars. were playing. two guitars okay all right here's a question uh it's a Joan Jet question Joan Jet and the Runaways her band at first did okay at home in the United States they weren't huge at first they opened for acts like the Ramones and Cheap Trick but there was one place where they outsold ABBA. They were the biggest band in the world in this country. My question to you, Brendan Kelly, is where were they so, so popular? Was it right here in Canada, Brazil, the UK, or Japan? Oh, way too easy. Oh, okay. Well, if it's too easy, then uh, let me know. Let me know there. (laughs) It's across the ocean. How's that? He's going to give you 
that is across the, I love it. the ocean. Okay, well, uh, let's see. Then it's definitely not Canada. Uh, <laughs> the UK is one. across the ocean, but clearly ABBA was bigger in the UK than the Runaway. Clearly, Brazil yeah. is well. It, it's on our land mass, so I guess I'll go with Japan then. Oh, Japan <laughs> is. That is correct. Yes, it was Japan. The Runaways. Yeah, their live album was recorded at Tokyo's Well City Concert Hall, uh, which was a hugely successful live album. Very nice. Uh, There you go. Brennan Kelly back in the lead. He has got six guitars to his name, and Shane has three guitars to his name. Where are we going now, Shane? We got to get caught up a little bit here, Fred. Uh, so I'm going to go with three guitars oh. on the category of Def Leppard, please. Def Leppard. All right. On October 23rd, 1995, Def Leppard uh, entered the Guinness Book of World Records. They played three 45 minute shows in one day on three continents. Where were those three Whoa. shows? Whoa. Ten years? London, Vancouver, Detroit, New York, Chicago, Tirana, Sheffield, New York, Sheffield, London, Paris. Whoa. Hang on. I got to figure this out here. Okay. Fred's Googling for me. Thank you, Fred. Okay. So this is a tough one. So I'm going to go because they played three 45-minute shows in one day. That means they had to fly from right to left on the globe, mm-hmm. right, in order to make time zones work. So they couldn't go Toronto, Sheffield, New York. They wouldn't make it Sheffield, London, Paris, I don't think. I think that's too bad. That's a pretty um, – London, Vancouver is doable. Um, Detroit, New York, Chicago seems backwards in the time zones, but they're kind of close together. What do you got, Fred? I'm just thinking here. I should know this, actually. Uh, You know what? Hang on. Uh They played Canada. Where did they play here? Well, Vancouver is the the only one that's got Canada as an answer. Okay, well, Vancouver. England. They'd be in England, too, guaranteed. Hmm. I know well, that's London. So A is Tangiers, London, Vancouver. Is that where we're going, with Fred? Uh, there's another country in here that you guys are probably it's a Middle Eastern country. Oh, let me think. Hang on, I should know this. All right. I'm gonna take well, a wicked guess. Did you mention okay. Morocco? No. Is Morocco on the list? No, it's not. No. Um, not. All right, so I'm going to go here, Fred. I think I got it. I'm going with A, Tangiers, London, Vancouver. Shane, mm. that is – that's correct, my friend. That is correct. <laughs> Def Leppard played those three concerts. They ended in Vancouver, broke the world record there, and it was to promote their greatest hits album. And, uh, yeah, quite a show. I wish I could have attended that one. So we now Sweet. have a tie. We have a tie, my wow. friends. This is now six guitars to six guitars. Oof, this is getting good. All right. 
where are we going next, Brendan Kelly? Uh, In case you're just joining us, by the way, uh, Fred is playing for tickets to go to Motley Crue in Edmonton September 4th. If I win, Fred gets the tickets. So the pressure's on here with Game Showy. BK? Oh, let's go with uh, the Joan Jett then again in Poison for two guitars. All right. For two guitars, what was Poison's first top 10 hit? Was it Look What the Cat Dragged In? Unskinny Bop, Talk Dirty to Me, or I Want Action. Oh, uh, Fred? Hey, hey, hey there. <laughs> oh, I'll let now. you be on your own for this one. Ah. Oh, there he is. There's my guy. Ah. Uh, Shane, you should know this one. Yeah, Shane. No, I know this one. Okay, I, I don't so know this one, wrong, so I'm just going to go with uh, Look What the Cat Dragged In. That is... That's incorrect. I'm sorry. That is not correct. That is not it. Tick, 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 tick. Five seconds, Shane. Do you know it? Fred, do you know it? Waiting for the timer. Um, talk dirty to me, up. baby. It, yeah, oh, it was talk oh, dirty to me. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. It's <laughs> too need... late. Right. Oh, there we go. I got it. Yeah, you got All it right. anyway. I was going to say, Fred and I needed to get together and uh, go over our answers. Talk dirty to me has got to be the answer. It was and that's what it was, right? It was, yes. All right, I think we cheated there, Fred. Uh, a little bit. So we just but. stole two? Is that you what we just, just stole did? Two. You just stole two. All right. Well, let's do uh, one more question to seal the deal, I think. And uh, I'm going to put this one on Fred. Tell you what, we're we're basically tied here, aren't we? Two, four. Uh, yeah. We're... You, uh, no, you are. Yeah, up. that's right. So you're up two, but you can seal the deal if you get the next question correct. You could seal the win and All eliminate right. Brennan's chance. Where are we okay, going, Shane? How this. are you going to seal it? What are the categories again, Ryan, for this last one? Motley Crue. Def Leppard, uh-huh. Poison slash uh-huh. Joan Jett. Well, since it's for Fred and he loves the crew, and this is for the show with the Motley Crew, you know they're they're the the thing with the, the poster. So I'm gonna go with uh, two guitars mm-hmm. for Motley Crew, and we're gonna oh. like we're gonna oh. drive that nail home. Well, you can drive it straight to the concert because this is the biggest chance, Fred. This is the roadie special. This is your specific question. Let me hear that shred. <laughs> Fred, this question is for you and you alone. I mean, Shane can help you, but if you answer this correctly, you are going to this concert. All I need you to do, much like we did earlier, is tell me the name of the Motley Crue song you're about to hear. Two seconds of this song. It's one of their hits. If you can tell me which song it is, you win, my friend. So, Brendan, if you're ready, let me hear that song. Dr. Feelgood. Dr. Feelgood. You must be feeling good, my friend, because you guys just won Game Showy. (laughs) There it is. All right, let's uh, let's bring in the big announcer guy to officially announce what's happened here with the Game Showy theme song. Congratulations, Fred from Edmonton. You've won two tickets to see Motley Crue, Poison, Def Leppard, and Joan Jett. September 4th at Commonwealth Stadium. Congratulations, Fred, Bob. 
Well done. Well, well, it's actually nice to actually it's hand fun. out a prize this time instead of your guys' pride. I love it. This is very good. Yeah, great. I love this. <laughs> this is the Shift Podcast. Congratulations to Fred. Just got himself some tickets to go see Motley Crue in Edmonton Commonwealth Stadium on September 4th. And it's a good time to talk about all these bands and share that we do have one more pair of tickets. And we're going to give you a chance to win those here coming up in a couple of minutes. 877-399-9898. What is the best rock anthem of all time? That's the question we have for you on the text. So feel free to text in the best rock anthem of all time. We are going to talk about um, our choice starting here with this Motley Crue concert. Fred's still on the phone. Fred, um, if you had to pick, well, I'm going to ask you that second. Tell me your Motley Crue story, then I'm going to ask you to pick the best rock anthem of all time. Motley Crue came on a tour called Cruising Through Canada. You like that name? It was back in 1982. They stopped in at Scandals. It was a little bar lounge in downtown Edmonton for three nights. And then all of a sudden they got a bomb scare and somebody said, if you play the third night, we're going to bomb you. So it was a big deal here during that time. And then after the show, and I think it was the same night or the next night, they admitted it was a publicity stunt. So you know, things were different in the early eighties, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit, but, uh, they actually played at another bar. You might be familiar with it, Shane. The Riviera River Hotel in Edmonton. Say it again for me. Uh, the Riviera Hotel it used to be called the River Oh, the Rim. And he yeah. played a couple yeah, nights the Riv, there yeah. also. Yeah. But, uh, uh, wow. Here That's we are, forty years about. later, and they're still kicking ass, right? Yeah, well, they are still kicking ass, and uh, you're going to go see the show, which is really cool. Now, the question we have uh, that we're asking the audience uh, here, the rest of the Shift Heads, Fred, is the best rock anthem of all time. We will start. Uh, you can pick one from each of the bands, if that's okay. If you had to pick a rock anthem, best one from Molly Crew, I know it's tough, but could you pick one? Uh, I love Kickstart My Heart, so we'll go with that. Mm. Kickstart My Heart. Okay, Def Leppard. Def Leppard, we're going back to the High and Dry album, uh, High and Dry Saturday Night. Mm. Poison. <sighs> Talk dirty to me. <laughs> <laughs> Easy giggles. This is, this is very <laughs> suspicious there, Fred. Okay, Joan Jett, I love rock and roll for me. Uh, yeah, know. that's a no-brainer. But, uh, hey, f four good bands, and that was a lot of fun, you guys. That was a blast. Well, thanks for being a good spirit, Fred. And you did it with kindness, too. That's the cool part. You could have got selfish. You could have uh, absolutely, you know, sabotaged BK's attempts to win, and you didn't. You helped him out, and I really admire that. That's uh, very shifty of you, and I appreciate it, Fred. I uh, heard you talk music a lot, and I thought, okay, you know a lot about older music, so I thought, I got to go with you because you're going to know a lot more than these younger guys, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. These guys are good. I got to tell you, like, I've spent a lot of time around music, Fred, but, you know, you go for a drive with Ryan and his music trivia is out of the, like, blow your mind. And then BK is just so into music from his world of his music. It's just, I'm so lucky because I think we're, we're lucky here because I think we all get to teach each other a little bit, which is awesome. Um, Fred, thanks for being a good sport. Enjoy the show and uh, we will be in touch with more info, okay? Okay, take care. 
Thanks, Fred. Fred and Edmondson right there winning tickets to Motley Crue. We have another pair of tickets that we will give away coming up here very shortly. So hang tight for that. The question is, though, what is the best rock anthem of all time? You can take your pick, 877-399-9898. Okay, let's start with Ryan O'Donnell, the young one. Uh, let's go backwards. Joan Jett, I love rock and roll. Is there anything else that uh, comes out from you as a favorite Joan Jett song? Well, so I'd say that I love rock and roll as an anthem, but my favorite Joan Jett song is Cherry Bomb, 100%. I love that song. Yeah, was introduced to it through Guardians of the Galaxy. Great. You want me to do all three? Yeah, what's Poison? Uh, I haven't listened to Poison too, too much, but, uh, don't need nothing but a good time is a really fun song. That's a really fun song. I, I have mm-hmm. no complaints about that song. When that thing's on, it's fun to sing along to. So I would give it, mm-hmm. give my vote to that. All right. And then we're Def Leppard. Oof, uh, Def Leppard's tough. No, it's Photograph. It's one of my favorite songs of all like time. Like Hands yeah. Down? hands down i know pour some sugar on me and hysteria bringing on the heartbreak i I know all that but i don't know photograph like like is one of those songs that you like scream sing in the shower for me i Mm -hmm. adore that song yeah okay all right and then uh crew oh oh kickstart my heart absolutely i cannot tell you the amount of times i've been playing a racing video game and i and i'm losing and i stop i put that song on and i'm ready to go fast like that's what that song does for me yeah all right DJ BK. Now your look at the eighties is a little different than everybody else's. So I'm wondering if we got some B sides in the favorites here. No, I I wish, uh, Joan Jett, uh, Crimson and Clover. I like that one. And Bad Reputation, of course, too. Yeah. That's just fun. Having a bad reputation. Um, uh, who do we got? We got Poison. Poison. I played it earlier on Skinny Bop for sure. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, and Def Leppard. I go with Hysteria for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um and uh, what's our other one? Who do we have here? We got uh, Molly Crew. Molly Crew. Oh yeah, right. I played it too. Doctor Feel Good. Doctor Feel Good. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. What is the best rock anthem of all time? Okay, so I'm going to go with mine. I'm with you on Crimson and Clover. In fact, um, even though it's um, you know not it's just an epic song and Joan Jett did it right, right? I'm not diminishing. I love rock and roll. I'm just saying that that's kind of the that's kind of the fun stuff. All right. Poison. Now, I would go like with a this epic ballad, Home Sweet Home, Motley Crue, Every Rose Has Its Thorn sort of poison thing. But I feel like that's so slow dance at school, high school kind of feeling. So I'm actually going to go a little bit different. I'm going to go nothing but a good time. Because there's something about this, man, that's just... <laughs> yeah, it's a fun song, right? man. Um, all right, Def Leppard is a tough one for me because Def Leppard, when I was uh, working under the moniker Z-Man in rock radio, I that's I, I would probably, I mean, Pour Some Sugar on Me, I think could be one of the most epic of the rock anthems of all time. I would give you that if that's who you're voting for. Um, but I'm probably, like Love Bites again, I could kind of get into that. Maybe I'm in that mood. Maybe I want to slow dance. Leave room for Jesus. Um, in that, but I'm, I'm probably going here because I just feel like this is where they did it right for Rock of Ages. Yeah, right. Amazing song. Although, can I, can I, can I do a, can I have like a second best? Can I change the rules on my own thing? Are you, uh, uh, I, I suppose, yes. Do we want to get right? Come yeah. on. 
<laughs> yeah. Like this in an arena? Like, this is one of the best arena songs of all time. Yeah. Fire, pyro. Yes. Right? Oh. And then there's Motley Crue. And Motley Crue, oh, just so special. All the things are special. Now, Kickstart My Heart, of course, is probably the one that we hear the most. But I, and that's probably, if I'm going to be honest, that's probably my favorite. Although, you know, cover that it might be Smoking in the Boys' Room is really my true introduction to Molly Crew. So I'm going to go with that one. That's how I got. That's how I fell in love with Molly Crew. Yeah. Right? All right. So what is the biggest rock anthem of all time? 877-399-9898. Your calls, your text messages. Here's a few of them. Two Steps Behind, Def Leppard. Danger by Crew. It's amazing. That one's from Winnipeg. I didn't see a name on it. Um, Jet Fuel Glen, Rock and Roll All Night, version from Kiss Alive. Best rock anthem of all time. Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine. Oh, that's pretty good. All right, too. Like, I can't believe if you're working at some rock and roll magazine or something. Like, how would you pick this? Um, Like, I don't know how you would even pick this. Okay. Um, Pink Floyd, Another Brick in the Wall. That one comes in. We've also got Poison, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Let's go to Paul, who's in Vancouver. Hey, Paulie. Hi. What's the best rock anthem of all time? We're not going to take it by Twisted and Sister. Wow. A heart sank there for a second, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I, Twisted Sister, it's funny that you're from Vancouver because that Twisted Sister, I feel like I fell in love with. There was a, it's probably 1982 or 1983, and the power was out in Port Alberni when I lived there. And so I got to, one of the guys from my hockey team lived at Sprout Lake, and we went out to his place, and there was no power, but they had batteries for the cassette deck. And we listened to Twisted Sister over and over and over again until the batteries were dead. So I, uh, that could be it too. Pretty good stuff. Thanks for calling, Paul. <laughs> Paul scared the crap out of me right there, I gotta tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I don't blame him. Like, it's hard to not describe how awesome these songs are without expletives. Like, it's just hard not right? to. It's just, these songs rock. We have less with Shook Me All Night Long. Can't go wrong with that one, of course. The ACDC is coming up on the, uh, on the best rock anthems of all time. And then, of course, popping up a couple of times. Shouldn't be surprised by that because we've got Highway to Hell. 877-399-9898, best rock anthem of all time. What is it? There is such a pocket of good music in this. And then we step outside it, of course, with things like Pink Floyd. Angel says, Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's a tough one to argue. Let's go to Catherine in Surrey. All right. Are we slow dancing here, Catherine, me and you, or what's happening? Oh, medium. <laughs> yeah. Led Zeppelin, Stairway mm-hmm. to Heaven. You can't beat that legendary song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a Steve thought. agrees with you with Led Zeppelin, but he says the immigrant song. I know <laughs> everything about the song. No. It, it, it's so dynamic mm-hmm. because he he goes all the way in the song, like emotional. Everything's in it. Everything you want in a mm-hmm. song is in Stairway to Heaven. 
everything, mm-hmm. melody, vocals, everything. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I love it. I love the passion, Catherine. That's great. Oh, thank, Thanks for calling. Thank you. There we go. 877-399-9898. What is the best rock anthem of all time? Um, home Sweet Home. We've also got um, Talk Dirty to Me still comes in there. Another Stairway to Heaven. Photograph Def Leppard also comes in there. <laughs> Sweet Child of Mine's on the list. This is so good. What is the best rock anthem of all time? I'll take this opportunity to... Queens of the Stone Age, go with the flow. Wow. That's cool. Um, to hear Queens of the Stone Age in this list. I don't know, there's probably some, some food fighters you could probably throw in there, too. This is Queens of the Stone Age, by the way. It's classic rock now. It is classic rock now, which is weird, right? Um, let's go to Kenny, who's in Edmonton. Hey, Kenny. Hello. What's the best rock anthem of all time, bud? Uh, it's got to be Queen, one of the two. We will rock you, or we are the champions. Mm-hmm. Did you so have a favorite of, of those two? That's my favorite, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the album cover for me, because I remember my parents uh, had that album cover, because I was young at the time. And uh, the I always thought it was like a robot guy with the blood on the in the hand. That's I always remembered that. <laughs> that was how I yeah, remembered it as yeah. a kid. Yeah, that's, I, it, that's cool. I will confess that I also thought that that was um, a Boney M album for the longest time until I saw it when I got older. I'm like, oh, it's Queen. Didn't know the difference there. <laughs> right Pretty wicked. On, Thanks buddy. for the call, Kenny. Appreciate it. Okay, buddy. thank you. Bye. Right on. This is the Shift Podcast. Okay, all you rock and roll fans, I know that we have so many members of this nighttime community, the shift heads that love guitars, love rock and roll, love all these things. Well, do I have a new friend for you? Lisa Johnson is a photographer, but still I'm going to kind of author like really kind of, cause it's a book. So it's not just a photo book. Like there's a word or two about guitars. Lisa, this is not your first book about guitars. Um, but you, you like, you like the photos, do you? I do. I love to capture the wear and tear details of these most famous guitars that personify the artists that, with by what they leave behind on the guitar, nicks, scratches, stickers, buckle rash, all that, and photograph these guitars that your favorite songs um, that you grew up with have been played on, and you get to see them up close and personal in a very intimate way. These are intimate portraits of your favorite players, guitars. It's Every a guitar has a story, right? They they all do, yep. What's, um, what's one guitar? We'll get into all of the guitars and all that stuff, but I don't want to do a shopping list of all the guitars just yet. What's one of the guitars that really surprised you that... I, okay, so I'm going to call Lisa, you're the guitar whisperer now. So <laughs> if you sit and you sit and you're present to the guitar, focused on it, touching it, holding it, whatever, right there with it. What's uh, what's one of the ones that really hit you and spoke to you where you saw, you could like see the story? Yeah. Well, I go right to Jimmy Page, uh, the the uh, Stairway to Heaven double neck, the, the Gibson EDS-1275 uh, SG. And um, I got to open that 
case up and it was just like the angels were harkling you know all around me you could smell the patina emanating off the guitar and the headstocks are just covered in you know the sweat of many many years of Jimmy playing that guitar and uh, it's just embedded in the guitar and the patina is cracked and you can see down the middle pick guard where he drags his pick for so many years that it's actually scratched with the way that his hand moves in a repetitive way down the center of that that scratch guard um, and of course you know Led Zeppelin is just it's the storybook of our of our youth, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we grew up with Led Zeppelin and that song, Stairway to Heaven, in, to where guitar stores say, no stairway. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and not only that, but generation <laughs> after generation after generation has grown up with it yeah. as well, right? And so fascinating uh, to see that. Do you look at it all a little bit differently after all this when you hear those songs? Do you Have you sat back and listened to Stairway? I do. I, I, I tune in or sometimes I, I hear it on the radio or whatever and I'm like, I have photographed that guitar. I have uh. hovered inches above that guitar. I have seen up close and personal every little detail of, of that guitar. And, you know, in the book, you can only put one or two or maybe three images in there. And I have photographed every angle. So I, at home, I have even more that I, yeah. I get to enjoy looking at. I was going to ask you that. I'm like, what are the, what are the secret Lisa only photos that you have up, you know, in your office or something that, that nobody else gets to see that you just keep to yourself. There's gotta yeah, be well, one or two. It's uh, called Jimi Hendrix white Woodstock Strat that he played at Woodstock. And I photographed every angle of it. I have a triptych hanging in my office. So it's like 12 images of, every different angle and they're 13 by 19 images each one so they're pretty nice sized images and there's 12 of them of the headstock the front of the guitar the back of the guitar the neck you know different angles of it and you know jimmy's jimmy's soul is all over that guitar i mean mm -hmm. i just i'm friends with his brother leon and leon tells me stories all the time and he's someone you should have on your show he's yeah. these, these cats are like super deep you know i'll take the uh, i'll take the introduction we'd love to hear the stories that's 100%. for sure our guest right now is uh lisa johnson lisa has done a couple of books in her with her photography career 108 rockstar guitars is available it's out the new book though immortal axes even more detail even deeper um tell us about immortal axes why is it special yeah it's special because well this is my second book and you know we always get good at better at our craft as we do it. I've been photographing guitars for about 20 years now, a little over actually. And my first book is, is um, it's actually registered in the Smithsonian Library. It's a really historical document that's not only of all of the guitars and the history of guitars, but it's also the history of films because I used to work for the Eastman Kodak Company in the last days of Kodak Professional and I used all their films and then transitioned into digital. So it's also historically um, showing films into digital. This book, I actually have the guitars and also portraits of artists. So there's there's about 15 different portraits of artists in this uh, book as well, and also full bands. So I started to say, well, hey, if I'm going to photograph uh, someone's guitar, Frank Hannon's guitar, the lead guitarist of Tesla, I may as well photograph the whole band, you know, the rhythm player and the bass player. So there's a lot of uh, band. There's like the Beatles. I have um, Paul McCartney's 1963 Hoffner basses in this one and George Harrison's Gibson SG he used on the uh, Revolver album. And um, hey, John Lennon's 1964 
Gibson uh, ES160, uh, 160E rather, his acoustic guitar that he used for both the bed-ins with Yoko and he he's made a little squiggly doodle of him and Yoko on it and signed it when they did the bed-in in Amsterdam and the other one in Montreal and nobody gets access to that guitar. I just happened to because I when I worked for Kodak in New York City I was friends with Bob Gruen. I was his um, I was his Kodak rep and he had a girl working for him at the time that ended up becoming Yoko Ono's right-hand person and I wow. You know, for years I've had a relationship with her, and so I got to photograph John Lennon's guitar, which led to Paul McCartney and George Harrison. And on it goes. You know, what you've inspired me with uh, with this is as you look at the stories, tell the stories of the guitars, the wear and tear, it's made me, you know when you see some of the photos of Keith Richards and stuff like that, I mean, his face tells a story without a doubt, right? And you sure. see these pictures of him when he used to have a cigarette burning or whatever. It makes me think of their hands. And I don't know why I've never, I've never, um, I've never thought of that before. This is just occurring to me now. And, but what a story that some of these, I mean, some of these people obviously are past and gone, but this, the story of their hands, I, I think of, you know, the wrinkles, the lines, the crooked fingers, the, whatever it is that they have, that they've crafted these with. There's a, a couple of blues guys in this book, Robert Belfort and T model Ford. And these were great Delta Blues players and one night I got to hang out with them at the Mercury Lounge in New York City and I photographed both their guitars and that night while T-Model Ford was playing I was at the bar with Robert Belfort just shooting the shit and drinking a Budweiser and a Jack Daniels and I asked him let me photograph your hands so I did and that picture's in this book and if you go to the very last page on 386 um, the editor's note, Brad Talinsky, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Brad, but he was the editor at Guitar World magazine for many, many, many years. And so it's the editor's notes there with a photograph of the hands I've, I took, the, of um, image I took of the hands of Steve Cropper, Albert Lee, uh, uh, Brian May, and James Burton one wow. night in Nashville when James Burton was doing his annual charity show and all those guys were there performing. And I'm in the green room with Albert Lee and uh, um, Steve Cropper. And Steve Cropper and I are talking about his days with Otis Redding. He co-wrote Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. No, I didn't He's know that. He's telling me stories about Otis. And, and then in walks Brian May. And I had photographed Brian's guitar for my first book, 108 Rockstar Guitars. And it's I actually took some outtakes, and that's in this book, too. And so Brian walks in, and I'm like... Hey Brian, let me photo. He's he's looking at Steve Cropper's hands. He he wanted to see Steve Cropper's hands just for the same for the same reason. You're talking, you're bringing that up, and he's looking at Steve's hands. I'm like, hey, let me photograph your hands. So Brian May goes, yeah, that's a good idea. And just then, Albert Lee walks in and um, James Burton. I'm like, guys, get in this. And so the last page of the book is a shot of their hands with Brad Talinsky's editor's note. That's beautiful. Like what a what a great punctuation um, point on that entire story. I mean, that's, this is like old school um, magazine, almost like that, that journal A&R storyline of so long ago. It almost makes me think of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, except, um, you know, but but the, these rock star photos, this access that you used to get in the magazines back in the day, and here it is, all put into this incredibly special book. Fast forward 40 years later, like this is a really cool throwback look at this. 
Yeah, I mean, Les Paul's Black Beauty is in this book, and this is the guitar that he tinkered on when he always would go back to this guitar, and he'd take the pickup out, he'd put a different pickup in, he'd rewind it and do something different, he would change the whammy bar, he would change the strings, he would cut it open and hollow it out, and anyway, the picture, I just love it because... I got to photograph it before it was sold at auction, and um, it's pictured with Les. Les had boxes of all his little tinker toys, truss rod covers and strings, so I sprinkled that all around the, the Black mm. Beauty, and it's one of my favorite pictures in the book, and it's, you know, Les Paul was the man, so I'm happy to, to have that featured in this book, um, in the first book also had one of his guitars in it as well, but this one is the quintessential Les Paul guitar and uh also there's a canadian artist in here like uh paul dean from Loverboy. his his cool like 80s <laughs> guitars his his hamers and um there's a there's like three or four of his different guitars in here and whitey kirst is in here from the stooges he he played um with iggy pop not stooges he he played with iggy for about 10 years after the stooges disbanded and he lives in calgary so you know i got to know him in the states but I flew into Calgary one time and I uh, it was such a trip photographing Whitey's guitars. He's very eccentric and there's a portrait of him in this book too holding one of his, his white SG. So good. Lisa Johnson, Immortal Axes. Now here is the shopping list of, of the names. I'm going to name drop now and so whichever one you want to pick up on and share a story about, I'd be grateful. But you do have including Kurt Cobain, John Lennon, Jimi Hendrix, Metallica, Black Sabbath, The Beatles. Iron Maiden, Jimmy Page, T Tom Petty, Pete Townsend, Eric Clapton, Keith Richards, Dave Grohl, Joan Jett, who's still rocking out, Nancy Wilson, and more. So um, there's got to be more than one story that comes to mind with all of those. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I guess Metallica, you know, they're such an amazing metal band, and they really are what got me into metal. So I actually have quite a few metal guitarists in this book. Uh, but James Hetfield, you know, he's the front man, but he also plays guitar. And I have a uh, real old, um, he calls it the old one. That's how it's the late 70s Flying V that's actually a Japanese knockoff. And he had it for, because he didn't afford a real Gibson when he was playing in wow. his early days. So, but when the truss rod eventually fell off, his guitar tech put on a real Gibson truss rod color. So it looks, it looks legit, but it has so much wear and tear on it. And he hand painted the, the back of it, which the back of guitars, you could hardly ever, you rarely ever get to see the back, but he's flipping it. He's painted a bird, bird being flipped on the back and on the front, on the bottom right horn of the V, he's got some choice words uh, in, engraved in there with a knife and he's also painted a skull and crossbones on the headstock which was broken off and it's it's all yellowed from the whatever glue he used from the time so it's a very storied guitar and uh, Kirk Hammett's matching um, it's not the same year but it's a real flying V Kirk had a real one and it's a 79 and these are the two guitars the flying V's that they used on the kill em all album so a lot of history there. And then also um, Robert Chirio came in and uh, he's just, he's the icing on the cake of that band now. He's just an amazing bass player. And his wife, Chloe Chirio, is an artist and his guitars, his basses are hand painted. And then the real bonus is I was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doing a shoot there. I think it was the time I was shooting um, Joan Jett's guitar and uh, Rory Gallagher's guitar. And they happened to have Cliff Burton's bass there 
So I asked, hey, it wasn't scheduled, but they let me photograph Cliff Burton's base. So it really finishes off the Metallica story in the book. Wow, that's cool. I, I was going to ask you that. I was like, are you uh, prejudiced against basses now because you're all in on the guitars? But Not at all. Yeah. Oh, man, no way. Um, and I, there were some basses I couldn't get. Like uh, Bob Daisley would have been awesome to get. And, you know, he said yes, but he was in Australia and um, lockdowns couldn't get there. Right. You know, but I'd like to capture him again one day. What is it, what is it about the... Um I mean, oh God, bass, bass, bass players. I mean, who who would you like to get that you haven't got? I mean, you you got Flea and all those guys at some point. I don't like, have Flea. I'd like to get Flea. Um, I've got Billy Sheen. He's one of the all-time greatest bass players ever. He's in this book, and Geezer Butler's in this book. Uh, the the bass he used is Lakeland from um, the Thirteen Tour. Um, Robert Trio's bass is in here. Um, Oh gosh, Michael Anthony's Michael Anthony's bass is in here, and it's the killer one. Is uh, Jack Daniels his Jack bass? It looks like uh -huh. a Jack Daniels bottle, and it's got two little holes in it that actually fit real miniature Jack Daniels bottles. So when he's performing, he can just pull one out and drink it. <laughs> That's handy. That's handy. I wonder if I can get a microphone that does that. That'd be nice. Um, <laughs> and hey, Aldo Nova's in this book too. He's a great Canadian rocker. Mm -hmm. So good. Wow, this is yeah. amazing. And there's, but then there is still so much more. I mean, you've done so much. The list is so long, but there is so much more that can still come with some of these. Is it making it hard? I mean, you know, say a John Paul Jones guitar that maybe has been sold to private. Is it hard yeah. to chase the, those collectors Sometimes that have scooped them up? Well, if you don't know who has it, but you know, of course, I'm getting to know a lot of lot of private collectors, and so I know where some of them are. Um, uh, I don't know where John Paul Jones's is, but actually Bob Daisley sent me a link, and he's like, "You gotta get, you gotta get his his bass." So yeah, there's so much more to do. I could easily do a third book on guitars. Yeah, you so. probably do a whole book just on bass. I mean, if you think I'm, about. You know, like the, yeah. um, I think in John Entwistle, Bootsy Collins, like that Entwistle's doesn't even get in. Entwistle's in this book. Entwistle's oh, really? in this book. Um, oh, so yeah, good. and Bootsy Collins, I've tried, and the timing has never worked out with him, but I'm never going to give up on Bootsy. He's one of my faves. Yeah, you well, got to get that Starburst guitar. That's like, this is so fast. It was, so why guitars for you, Lisa? Like what, what happened for you? Was it, were you, were you in high school in the smoke pit back in the day and you <laughs> fell in love with the rockers or like, and, and uh, did you pick up a guitar? Did you play it? Or were you just always in love with, with what other my people dad, did? My dad's a guitar player. So I grew up with him playing his J160E Gibson acoustic. He was inspired by John Lennon and my mom scraped together every penny she had in 1964 and bought him that guitar and um, I just, I've been born and raised on music, on country music, uh, jazz music, blues. Uh, then my sister was into, you know, Janice Ian and Carol King and Boz Skaggs and that. And uh, my stepbrother was into prog rock and my elder sister was into ZZ Top. And my group, my age group, was into ACDC and Heart and uh, Fleetwood Mac and uh, um, wow. uh, come on, like Van Halen, I mean, yeah. all these players. Um, so I just have music in my blood. And I was living in Florida uh, and I was going to college. I was trying to figure out what to go to college for. And I was driving around and realizing everywhere you go, there's a billboard and there's magazines and they all have pictures on them. Why don't I go to college for photography? Because there's always photos are needed. So I did that and I ended up working for Kodak. And then I, Kodak sent me to Memphis. That was my one of my first territories, and I met this guy at church, 
who was the guitar player and he asked me out on a date and my father growing up told me you are not allowed to date musicians i called my dad to confess i said i'm dating a musician however he is the guitar player at church and he owns a vintage guitar shop and my dad said that's different he's not a touring musician you can date him and if he gets in a gibson mandolin i've always wanted one so I told I told this guy Hank, uh, and he two weeks later he gets in this mint condition 1917 Gibson mandolin. Whoa. I said I want to get that for my dad. How much? And he said you can't afford it, but if you photograph some guitars for me that I have to sell that I don't want to sell, I'll trade you. So that was how it started. I photographed these vintage guitars, and for the first time I fell in love with my imagery. And then Kodak moved me to New York City, and I thought I may as well photograph famous guitars. Every guitar player lives here or comes through here. And Les Paul was playing every Monday night at the Iridium Room at that time. So I thought, I'm familiar with Les. You know, I'm going to go see if Les will let me photograph his guitar. And I started with the man. And after that, everyone I've requested, I just said, well, I've been working with Les Paul. and. I photographed his guitar and I would love to photograph yours and Ben Harper was the second one that I, I photographed wow. and um, then it was Lou Reed and then it was Ace Freely and um, by then I then I moved to, to uh, Las Vegas and every band comes through Vegas at some point or another every genre and um, I just skid row and just everybody they can come through I request that's where I got yeah. the stones it was in Vegas so and well, it doesn't even include like the the contemporaries of today. When you guys got guys like Thundercat yeah. and all these guys today, right? Like there's and still so much. And that's what makes this found. book different. This yeah. book is different because it's got a lot of women and has more contemporary people. So Orianthi's in this book, uh, and of course, you know, she was a Santana protege. She plays a Paul Reed Smith, and uh, she ended up playing with uh, Alice Cooper. So the guitar in this book is the one she, she played with Cooper. That was all splattered. What looks like it's blood splattered and. Um, Susie Quattro's bass is in this book, and she wrote the afterword for the book. Peter Frampton wrote the foreword for the book. Uh, his his um, his Les Paul, his Black Beauty that was lost in a plane crash that he found 32 years later and got back, is in this book. Um, uh, what other women are in here? The the Bangles, uh, Susanna Hoffs, and oh, no uh, uh, Vicky Peterson is in this book. Um, Nancy Wilson from Heart is in here. Um, Lots of girls, lots of girls. Um, that's great. Well, women in rock, boy, uh, taking time to salute just Joan everything Jett. that's been done. Well, Joan Jett's still rocking out on tour. She's on tour right yeah, now. Lita Ford. I mean, she's the Met queen of metal of yeah, the North America. Well, news stories. Randy Bachman just got his uh, guitar back after 46 years, too. And I'm photographing it on September 3rd. No, really? Vancouver, yes. And get this. So like a couple years ago, he's in L.A. and he's doing a, a show. Uh, he's promoting his new album, which was a killer album. And uh, he there was a call, a uh, media call for interviews. So I submitted, I'd like to interview Randy. And he knew me from photographing his guitar. And uh, so he agreed to the interview. And in the course of the interview, like we had been exchanging, I, I knew all about his, his stolen guitar. I said, Randy, I'm going to help you find that guitar. Somehow, some way, we're finding that guitar. So I interviewed him and we talked about the guitar. And he told the story. Well, that's when, right after that COVID happened, this lockdown happened. And this kid in Victoria 
Japanese kid saw that interview on YouTube and decided to make it his mission during COVID lockdown to find Randy's guitar. And lo and behold, he finds this Brian Setzer cover band in Japan, Japanese artist. He sees a video. He sees the video of Randy playing it 40 years ago, matches the guitars, gets a hold of Randy, says, I think I found your guitar. And sure heck, it was his guitar. They get a hold of the guy in Tokyo. The guy says, hey, I'll give you the guitar back, but you got to you got to give me one just like it that sounds as good. So, of course, Randy went to Japan. They did the trade. Randy invited me to go to Japan to document the trade, uh, but I was already on another trip, so I couldn't do it. So he said, well, come to Vancouver. I'm going to be playing it for the first time live on stage because that guitar is never leaving my house again. I but he lives, in, he lives in Victoria, so he's he's carrying it to the PNA for the show. So I'm ex all excited. And then the this crew is filming a documentary, a rockumentary about him. And they got a hold of me and they said, do you know, you are the reason why we're doing this rockumentary on, on Randy Bachman, because we saw your interview with him on YouTube and we decided to do a rockumentary about it. So they're going to interview me and, and uh, capture me photographing that guitar. And I'm going to be in that film so oh, cool. Lisa I love it it's just it's so great and I I think the thing that sticks with me the most of all this is when you said you were with Kodak and um you sort of discovered your love affair you discovered your skills I mean we all go through that as in our normal jobs our normal lives right where there's this moment where we go you know, people might have been telling us forever hey Lisa I love your photos your photos are amazing but until you yeah. see it yourself right in all of our careers all of our dreams we get that moment where we see it ourselves and it just clicks and we're like Oh, I get it now. I get where what I can do in this world, and and now after all of these years have rolled by, that just must feel so great. I was ashamed of my photos when I first started taking pictures. I didn't want anyone to see them. I hid them. I never show them to anyone. And that first set of guitars that I photographed, I was like, "Wow, look at this!" I mean, because of course it brought me home to my dad. It brought me back to my memories of being around my dad's guitars and. I, I just love the smell of them. I like the look of them. Of course, I love the sound of them. And when I was a kid, when I'd go to these shows, I was always the one in love with the with the guitar player. All of my friends were in love with the lead singer. You know, that yeah. was like nobody liked the, the drummer. Player. You can have a lead singer. I want the guitar <laughs> player. <laughs> Although my dad said I was not allowed to date not guitar allowed. player, yeah. so yeah. I never did except for that one. That's so fantastic. I love it. And you uh, join us from your dad's too, which makes it extra special in this yeah, conversation. Yeah, this is his little guitars. He little, you know, he's got all kinds of guitars around all the time. These are just ones for decor. Great. But you know. well, I love this. If you want to check it out, Amazon is the place to go for sure. It will be uh, in bookstores. Uh, it's too good to not, and it is making its way there. These things sometimes take time. But if you do want to get in on this conversation about this book, check out the old book, 108 Rockstar Guitars, and the new one, Immortal Axes. The uh, the artwork on the cover is very great. It's got a little metal flair to it. I have to say, Lisa, I think you're living into your metal side. Um, <laughs> with It's dark and glossy and awesome and beautiful. Well, it actually has a lot of symbolism because I'm a, I'm a yoga. I'm a yogi teacher. I'm a yoga teacher for many many years over 20 years i teach kundalini yoga now oh, really and uh so this there's a skull on the cover of it but the third eye the center of his third eye is is uh, sacred geometry it's the vesica pisces which is the symbol of creation so this is 
my creation and then there's embedded in it are all kinds of um, little uh, Easter eggs we call them of you can see if you look hard enough bodies of Gibson SG a Telecaster uh, you see the flying V is his nose in his eyes you see the the diamond inlays you would see on a vintage Gibson guitar so you don't get tired of looking at it on your table because you're looking at it kind of like a kaleidoscope it's always something you're finding on it well, it's not it's the same of, old picture that you get bored of looking at yeah that's so cool and it's got enough glitter too that makes it look nice with the shiny gold and all the things too yeah fantastic yep. lisa i love this thank you so much for being here i can't wait until you do another one or what's next um and i would love to hear about it come back anytime thank you so much my pleasure and i'll um if i'll email you um i'll get you in contact with leon hendrix because oh, i know he it. would love to talk to you that that's a spiritual convo you're gonna have there Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.